season, isn't it? We begin Advent today. I read a story years ago, and I saved it, about a desert nomad. In his tent, middle of the night, he wakes up hungry. So he lights the lamp beside his bed in his tent, the oil lamp. Gets a bowl of figs and bites into the first fig. And he looks, and there's a worm in the fig. And so he throws it down, gets another fig from the bowl, and bites it. And there's another worm. At this rate, he figured he would go hungry. He wouldn't have any dates left to eat. He was afraid they were all wormy. So what did he do? He blew out the lamp and ate all the dates. <laughs> We live in a world where some people are uncomfortable with light, and they prefer the dark. John, look what Jesus said in John 3:16 through 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send His Son to the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Those who believe in Him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their needs may not be exposed. But those who do what is true, they come to the light, so that they may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. Let's pray. Father, help us to choose light over darkness. As we start the Advent season and we gather to celebrate the birth of Christ, we know that you bring light into our dark world, and we need your light. Father, we watch the news and get discouraged, and we read the paper and shake our heads. But you are there. Help us to look. Help us to see. Help us to shine. Because we have right relationships with Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. How would you answer this question? Do we live in a light world or do we live in a dark world? How would you answer the question? I would have to say it depends. It depends on your relationship or my relationship with Christ. There are some days when we look at the news and shake our heads and get depressed, depressed by the evil that is going on around us. You see the things happening in Ferguson, Missouri and across this country in the past week or so. And we realize the big problem in our country is sin. It's a sin problem that causes all of these things. We recently collected shoeboxes for Operation Christmas Child. Not too many years ago in Nicaragua, the government held hostage missionaries in shoeboxes. They would not release them until they were paid a ransom so Samaritan's Purse could help people in their own country. And things like this happen and they point to the sin problem, and they point to the people that would just as soon live in darkness and run from the light. 
we live in a difficult world. We all think that it's probably getting worse. You think in your lifetime that the world is getting more difficult. We have those conversations, but let's look at the world Jesus came into. Look at Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 18. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where's the child who's been born king of the Jews? We've observed the star at its rising, and we've come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. Because when the king was upset, no telling what would happen, that's why Jerusalem was upset too. And all calling, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes and people who were part of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it had been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. So Herod secretly called to the wise men, learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. When you found him, bring me word so that I may go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen in its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. They opened their treasure chest. They offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in the dream not to turn to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child and destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and he sent to kill all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are Jesus came to a dark, messed up world, didn't he? This is as dark as it gets. Herod having all the little boys two years and under killed in and around Bethlehem. My grandson would fall into that category. It's hard to imagine. Scholars disagree on the numbers. The estimates are from dozens to thousands. But even one is dark, isn't it? Even the idea is horrible. Remember the words from Isaiah chapter 9? Verses 2 through 6, written 700 years before the birth of Christ. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as an day of Midian. For all the boots of the trampling warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. 
For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests on his shoulders. He is named Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The Bible has so much to say about life. And I've looked at a lot of scripture today a little bit more. Speaking of life, John chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, with God, the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through Him. Without Him, not one thing came into being. What had come into being in Him was the light, and the light was the light of all people. The light, it shines in the darkness. The darkness does not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through Him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming to do the world. And that was Jesus. A little girl went with her mother to a large cathedral to celebrate Christmas. And they were there in the middle of the day, to an early service, before the service began. And the girl was struck by the beauty of the stained glass windows, and in the windows were pictures of Christian saints that the church felt appropriate to put on their beautiful windows. The light was shining through the windows, and beaming rays of sunshine were coming through the glass, and the little girl asked, Mother, who are they? About the folks on the window. And the mother replied, Well, they're saints. And the little girl said, So a saint is somebody that lets light shine through them? The mother said, that's exactly right. Isn't that the truth? A saint is somebody that lets light shine through them. Anybody have the tree up yet? A lot of times at Thanksgiving people put trees up. Anybody? A few have trees up. We'll do that this week, I suppose. Maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Edward Johnson was an associate of Thomas Edison. 1882, he caused quite a stir his New York City house because he put out the first set of electric Christmas lights. There were 80 colored flashing lights on that first set. And Johnson's New York City house was flooded with, flooded with onlookers and the press got a hold of it and put it in newspapers across the country and people traveled from far and wide to come See the lights. The first string of lights cost more than the average, average American made in 1882. The neighbors complained and it caused quite a ruckus. Very few parts of the country even had electricity at the time. Christmas lights didn't even become commercially available until 1910 when GE came out with lights. And we put out lights for Christmas. And we light candles for Christmas. But something also happens to us, God's children, when we do things we don't normally do. We give to people we do not know. Some of you have rung a bell over a kettle to help. And some of us who are so annoyed by those ringing bells will give up money to them just because we People become better when they celebrate the light of Christmas. 
This is not a Christmas story from John chapter 8, but it is appropriate. And after I read you the rest of the story, you'll understand why I chose it. Beginning in verse 2 of John 8, it says, Early in the morning he came again to the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been called in adultery. And making her stand before all of them, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in very act of adultery. Now the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? They said this to test him so that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Once again he bent down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, who are they? where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, sir. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go your way, and from now on do not sin again. In the story, she was in darkness, and her accusers were in darkness. They had no compassion. She had no more. And the reason I read you the encounter is because of the next verse that comes after what happened here. In John chapter 8, verse 12, look what Jesus said. And Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's important. And that changes the world. Just as people gathered to see Edward Johnson's lights 132 years ago, they, they watch us, don't they? In a dark world, we should stand out. Each of us needs to be the light of the world that Christ said we ought to be. Let me tell you a couple of occasions where I saw light this week. I had the privilege of visiting with Mr. Bob Flint on Tuesday. Shirley is so faithful to take care of Mr. Bob. He's and an Alzheimer's unit and doesn't remember much. But he remembers he went to Auburn, so we had to talk about Auburn. And he remembered that he worked for Lockheed. He remembers where he was born. <coughs> he knows about the First Baptist Church of Sandy Springs. He taught a Boy Scout troop here. But two things he just kept repeating over and over and over again. Number one, would you pray with me? Bob loves prayer. And while he has forgotten an awful lot, he remembers prayer. And so we would pray. And after we would pray, he would forget we would pray. And he would ask me, would you pray again? And I bet we prayed 15 times, but that's okay. I was so impressed that with, with all the things disappeared, prayer is so important. And then the second thing he said is, I have a wonderful life. I have a wonderful life. Cheryl, there are probably a lot of things he's forgotten that you have done over the years, but he's a lesson to every husband in this room that needs to say the same thing. He has forgotten so much, but he remembers about God and prayer and the blessing of his life, and I saw a wonderful light that day. In a muddled, dark place, there was wonderful light coming through. The next day on Wednesday, Mitch's father went to heaven. 
And Mitch called and I got to the hospice Halcyon right next to where Bob is. Um, sometimes up in the morning. And Mitch and I sat in the room with the father who had just passed. And Mitch talked about how good God is. Mitch talked about heaven and who his dad was with at that time. And even in the midst of the darkest, most difficult day, there was so much light shining. It was just a shadow of death, and the shadow was overcome by the light of Christ. We get to see Christ with so much all around us. It is my prayer that all of us let our light shine. Look at one more section of scripture, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. About you. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that you see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. A lot of folks are about to go feed some friends in the community, letting their light shine. Wherever you go today, whatever you do, let the light of Christ shine through you.